Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He is worthy of all the praise. Amen. We're going to our scripture. We are in the 10th sermon of this series, The Three Pillars of the Believers. We are reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we are reading verse 12 and 13 out of the Amplified, and it reads as such in our hearing. For we know that we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blur reflection of reality in a riddle uh, enigma. And what he's saying is, is that right now we don't really see reality. <laughs> we don't really see the spiritual world and all that encompass right now. We just see even at our best, and that's from illumination of God, we see a little bit. Hallelujah. He says, but but when then, when perfection comes, when God wraps all this up, when there's a new heaven and a new earth, when we are in our new bodies, when, when God has done away with this portion, then we would know it all in perfection. We shall see it in reality, face to face. Matter of fact, we will see Jesus face to face in his glory, and we're going to be changed to be like him. He says, but now I know in part, Paul says, in perfectly, even with all my revelation, even with all that I have written, it's still imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Hallelujah. He knows us. He knows us intimately. He knows everything about us. He said, and so, right now, the three pillars, faith, hope, love, abides. When nothing else abides, faith, hope, love, abides, the three pillars. Faith is a conviction and belief respecting God, man's relationship to God and divine thing. Hope is a joyful and confident expectation of his promises and eternal salvation. Love is a true affection, intimacy for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us, these three, but the greatest of all these is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The subject matter that I'm going to deal with this morning is, Lord, only your love can fill our soul's thirst. The thirst quencer. The thirst quencer. Father, even now, Lord, pour me out as a drink offering. Lord, move Tracy out the way and allow there to be a pouring out of your spirit, a pouring out of your truth. Touch my tongue, touch my thinking where I will only say what you want me to say. Lord, clarity, Lord, understanding, Lord, illumination of your revelation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Had a bottle of Gatorade. 
And on it in big letters says, the thirst quenches. <laughs> and, and you know, the funny thing is, have you ever been so thirsty that even Gatorade couldn't quench your thirst? <laughs> there are times when, when, when you are so hydrated, dehydrated, that only water can quench your thirst. That's why the Bible keeps on giving us illustration of the Holy Spirit being water. That's, it's, it's, he said water is the only thing when, when it really comes down to it that you can't live without water. You, you must have water. It's the only thing that, that, that will fill you, will satisfy you. Perhaps, in my fact, 60% of your body is made up of water. Water. It's essential in a natural standpoint. But what he says to us that on a spiritual standpoint, our relationship with Christ is number one. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about denomination. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about really having an intimate relationship with him that, that there is a Filling of your soul. There is a fixing of your soul by his spirit. I'm going to try to explain that a little bit today. John 10, 10, or John 10, 9 said, Jesus says, I am the door. I am the one who you enter through. Through me, you will be saved. He said, he will come and go out freely and, and find pasture. He said, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. We are standing between two opposing forces. Not equal forces, but opposing forces. Why? Because the devil's not fighting with God. He's fighting with you. He is trying to convince you that something else can quench your thirst. Whether you know it or not, you're thirsty. Every human being is thirsty. Let me explain where that thirst came from. It came from Genesis chapter 3 when Adam disobeyed God. Hallelujah. God said in Genesis chapter 2, he said, Adam, I've given you all this. I have given you authority over the animals. I have made up all these trees. And I sat in the midst of eating, and eating means pleasure. Everything you want, I gave it to you. Adam, I want you to enjoy. Listen, Eve not even hasn't been created yet. So he's talking to Adam, he said, he said, but what I put in the garden is two trees. There's the tree of life, which was eternal life, and there's the tree of knowledge, which means experienced knowledge. Knowing the opposite between bad and good, he said, the tree of good and I don't touch. Listen, it wasn't about the tree. It was about whether Adam was going to trust God and obey him. But my brothers and sisters, what we are dealing with, even as Christians, whether we're going to trust God and obey him, or we're going to do what we think is right. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he come to steal, kill, and destroy? By leading us away from God 
and not to him. By, by, by making us or, or encouraging us because as a Christian, he can't make you do nothing. By leading you in a way that leads you away from the thirst quencher. When Adam died, somebody said, he didn't die. Oh, yes, he did. Said, but, but wait a minute, he's still standing there. Uh, yeah, in chapter, Genesis chapter 3, he's dead. What you mean he's dead? He died spiritually. Let's see if I can explain this. When God originally made Adam and Eve, he made them so spirit beings. Notice I didn't say so and spirit beings. I said so spirit beings. They were soul, but they were spiritual beings. And the soul and the spirit was so interlocked that there was no difference that you could tell between them. So their spirit receive illumination and revelation knowledge from God and God was their teacher. How did Adam know how to name the animals and name them according to their characteristics? How did he know that Eve was for him and said, you know, he was asleep when God created her and called her woman because you are from me. How, how was he, he, he starting the orchard and, and he had no teacher unless God was his teacher? Let me, let me, let me, can, can I take this a little bit deeper? Jesus is the second Adam, man's representative, to do what Adam didn't do. And Jesus, in the Gospel of John, says, my father teach me. My father shows me. I don't do anything unless I hear from my father. Jesus is acting like what Adam was supposed to be, and Adam messed it up. Did you know that, 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 that God wants to download into your spirit knowledge and information and guidance? Did you know that, that he wants to, if you allow him, he will show you. He will direct you. He will teach you. He will open up things to you that you even think was possible. God is that type of God, and that was his original, original ideal. Hallelujah. Most of us, I hate to say it, but I got to say this. Most of us are still living by experience knowledge. We think we know enough. So we go about doing it ourselves. We think we have options. I can either obey God or not obey God. It's not that big of a deal. Well, why do you think the world is in the mess that it's in? Because we're not obeying God. And then we turn around and blame God that the world is the way it is, but the world is the way it is because we're not seeking him. We're walking in our own mess. Don't blame Adam, blame us. We're doing the same thing. 
two kingdoms are, are trying to impose their will on us. Satan's kingdom is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Time's out for just Jesus on Sunday. Listen, we're either going to live this thing or we not. Listen, it's becoming more difficult. Listen, some people don't want to make a choice. You got you to make a choice of whose side you are. The, 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 the gap between the world and, 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 and God is becoming wider. And sooner or later, you can't stand in between. You got to know whose side you are. I'm asking today, whose side are you on? And I would, I would preface that by saying, and the Lord is the only one that can feel your thirst. Many of us, the way we got saved was we got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Do I have any witnesses in the house? My, my brothers and sisters, Psalms 42, 1 and 3, the psalmist had it right. He's painting a picture of our thirstiness. He says, as a deer paddeth after the water brook, so paddeth my soul after you, O God. I don't know what the psalmist is going through, but he has come to the end of his own resources. The end of their own ability. And he recognizes, I've searched, I've tried, and it doesn't fill me. He says, my soul doesn't for God. Listen, not religion. For the living God, I need him. I need an intimate relationship with him. When Adam disobeyed, Adam and Eve died spiritually, and there was a hole in their soul. And they started having children that has a hole in their soul. Instead of soul spirit beings, they just became soul beings. We were made for him, by him, to delight with him, to be filled by him, and nothing else can do that. He said, I made you in Isaiah 43, he said, I made you for myself, to delight in you to love on you, to show you. He said, I'm so good. I wanted you to experience my goodness. He said, I, I, I'm so awesome. I want to share my awesomeness with you. He still is saying that. He said, I came to give you life, zoar life, spiritual life, more abundantly, and what he said is overflowing. He said, but I can only do as much as you allow me. To do. My brothers and sisters, Jesus 
says in, in, in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus came to him because, because the, the Pharisees had knowledge, but they didn't have no illumination. You can know scriptures and everything else and still miss Jesus. Unless your heart is open, he will not reveal himself. Okay, how much you read scripture? I, I got to say this. Many of us don't understand when life has us going through the crushing. And if you're going to get deep in God, you have to get crushed. Oh, I know people don't like this type of preaching, but I got to tell you the truth. See, in the crushing of our ego, in the crusting of our self-will, in the crushing that we think is all about us, in the crushing, and when God crushed our hearts, it opens our heart. How do you get walnuts out of a walnut shell? You crush the shell. How do you get the sweet watermelon? You open up the outer core. The way he gets in is he crushed the hard, stubborn, fleshly, sinful outer core so he can speak to the inner being. You can be saved and still walk in itself. There's another level. There's another level. After you say, you got to learn to walk with him trust him and the process of our crushing begins to happen if we allow it. I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Some of us is too tough. God, God is trying to break us down and we Matter of fact, we're rebuking, we think we're rebuking the devil, but we're rebuking Jesus. Because <laughs> we don't understand the process of him revealing himself and getting us out of self that we make our lives all about him. Hallelujah. My, my brother and sister, Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, you have been made alive and you once were dead. If you are a Christian, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been made alive. God is not looking for your bad and your good. He doesn't have a scale weighing your bad and your good. He's looking to see if you have the divine seed of himself in you. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says, you've been born again of an incorruptible seed. He said, I have placed my DNA, I have placed my seed in you, so now I'm trying to grow what I put in you. Ephesians chapter 4 23 says that you've been born again in his image, in his holiness. He said, I have put my character. See, we, every human being has this characteristic, but only born again people have the spirit of his character in us. He said, I, I have renewed in your spirit. And watch this. And I want your mind to catch up 
with what I did in your spirit. Let me explain. Your spirit is already born again. He's already there. You're everything he wants you to be. But your thinking. Your thinking has to agree with what the word says about you. If you keep on thinking you're that when you're this, you're going to keep on acting like that. The word of God knows you and make you identify, that's me. I'm his beloved. I'm his chosen. I'm his child. I've been redeemed. I used to be a sinner, but now I'm a saint. That sin sometimes. Renewal. And when you begin to agree with him about you, your, your image about you begin to change. I, I, think, I, think, I think all of us need an image change. You know, you, know, you know, it's funny how women would go into a beauty shop, hair all over their head, hair about an inch long, and they come out and it's snick, and I'm telling the truth. See, I know you do this, and it's, it's what happened? A different color? Hollywood! The Lord does that in our character. But it's permanent. Permanent. A change, a metamorphosis has taken place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we, we are in this process of changing from one place to another. Hebrews 4.12, and I'm running through this because I, I, there's a place I want to get to, and, and I, I can't throw you all the scriptures that God, but he says, he says the word of God is a two-edged sword, and, and it, it, it divides between, it penetrates even dividing the soul and the spirit. You know how you know whether your thinking, whether your attitude is, is right or not by the word. The word will let you know whether you're walking in the spirit or whether you're walking in the flesh. The more words you get in you, the more it will check you. Now you know that look wasn't right. You know, you know that word wasn't right. You know that attitude wasn't right. See, 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 the more words you get, it becomes your referee. It blows the whistle on you. You get ready to say something, and the word will rise up in your spirit. And God has given us help to walk this out. You got to question yourself, am I walking in love? Because he says love is the most important thing. Listen, you can have a look that's not lovely. That's just attitude that's not love. And as we grow, we begin to check ourselves. 
forget and say, Lord, forgive me because I wasn't right. Lord, help me because my attitude is bad today. Lord, help me because I'm struggling with letting go of my hurts. My, my brothers and sisters, this, this is, is, he is, listen, he is helping us to become little Christ. Because we have his character on the inside now. What are you thirsting? And, and, I, and, I, and I, I believe that, that our thirst controls our action. Our thirst controls what we put in us. Because whatever you put in us is going to come out. Jesus in, in John chapter 4 is, is with the disciples and he says, I need to go to Samaria. I, I, I need, what, what do you mean by you need to? He said, in, in Samaria, somebody's thirsty. <laughs> Somebody has come to the end of themselves. I know I'm far away, but my spirit has already connected with their spirit, and, and, and their spirit is ready to receive me. Hallelujah. You know, it's a, it is amazing. God won't show up until he knows you're ready. It's amazing. We can say what we want. We can cry. We can throw a hissy fit. But until your heart is ready, he won't. He'll say that you ain't ready yet. You ain't, you ain't done yet. You ain't ripe yet. You're not, you're not, not ready. But as soon as you get ready, he'll say, here he comes and he's at a well and there's one woman there. But he can't, listen, he will go out his way to get you. He, he's not interested in the crowd. He deals with us one by one, name by name, on an individual factor. He will come out of his way to meet you where you are. He start off and said, give me water. She said, why you ask me? He said, y'all don't deal with us. I'm so glad that the Lord deals with everybody. Yeah. Hallelujah. He said, he said, he said, woman, if you knew who you was talking to, you would ask me for a drink. He would get you in a conversation. That's why it's good to get along with him. It's good to cut off the TV, cut off the radio, sit before him, say, speak, Lord, speak to me. Show me how to hear you. Because he has to cut through all of our mess. They went from talking about thirst, well, the children of Abraham, the Samaritans. Then he finally got her and said, you thirsty. He said, how you know I'm thirsty? He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have no husband. You told the truth. Oh, go, girl. You told the truth. You have five, and the one you with now ain't your husband. Oh, don't, don't, don't look at her. Oh, oh, don't judge her. Oh, 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 no, no, no. What, what are you thirsting for? 
What are you replacing God with? What, 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 are, you, what, what are you holding on to? Who are you talking what, 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 what? She must have heard someplace that a good man would satisfy you. And she learned that nobody but Jesus the Christ will satisfy you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. He will get you right where you are. But, but, but why did it take such a time? Because she has so many defenses. She has so many walls. Her heart wasn't open. Even then, after this, he said, I perceive you a prophet. Well, 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 they say when the Messiah comes, whether we can worship there, well, she still ain't real. She went religious on him. Sometimes the religious jargon that we're using is also a wall and a defense. No, he wants us, he wants you, he wants me in my brokenness, in my inadequacy, in the fact that I don't know, in the fact we do need him, in the fact we thirsty. This is the one time he says, I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. And he did not make, he does not make that clear to many, but he recognized he had all of her at this point. He will reveal to you what you're ready to see. Oh, somebody didn't hear that. You determine, I determine what we see. We, we determine on the degree of us transparency with him. Because any relationship that is a relationship is built off of transparency. It's see into me. I see into you transparency. Without that, it's surface. Nothing. He got her to the core, and she changed. Somebody said, how, how, how you know she changed? You know how I know she changed? Because now the disciples come back, and, and, and they're asking him, what are you doing talking to her? You know how I know she changed? She came to the well for water, and she left her water pot at the well. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Somebody don't get that. She came because she was thirsty for water. But after she talked to Jesus, who is the fount of water, she no longer wanted water from that well because she had water on the inside. So she left her pot at the well, went and told everybody, come see it, man. That told me everything about me. Ain't he the Christ? Don't believe my word. Come follow me. Cause he done changed me. Oh, listen. She was hiding when she came to the well. 
She came when it was hot and nobody else was there. But after meeting Jesus, after a little talk with him, after he revealed to her who he is, after she wasn't ashamed no more, the folks she was hiding from, she went into town and got on and said, I got something. And what I got, you need too. Let me tell you, I know you know my background, but you don't know my future. I met somebody that done changed me on the inside. Yes, I was thirsty, but you're thirsty too. You're no better than I am. So you better come get some. You better get to know him. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. He's the thirst quitzer. When he fills your thirst, you're not ashamed to talk about him no more. When he shows you who he is, can't nobody change your story. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's something about Jesus that will make you all right. You may not change on the outside, but the change is on the inside. Here's a thirst quiz. Hallelujah, somebody's thirsty. Somebody's hungry, but I know Jesus. He will meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. My brother and sister, he came to get you. He said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. So whatever he has done, Whatever hurt and pain he has started, if you give it to Jesus, he will heal you on the inside. You know, I told people, I had a whole lot of tags on me. Tags that the world don't put on me. Tags that life had put on me. But when I started worshiping, when I started seeking him, the Lord started stripping off the false images and tags that was on me. The problem was, I did not who know who I was. But now, but now, but now, but now, that I'm allowing Jesus to show me I'm not what you say I am. I am what he says I am. Hallelujah. 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 He will get you to the place where you don't care what nobody else thinks. Because once he shows you, you begin to say, I am who he says I am. I am. Hallelujah. My name is Victory. Hallelujah. He got a better love over me. Hallelujah. I'm his child, washed by the blood. 
Hallelujah. Do you know him for yourself? Do you know him? In the house, Brother James, then stand up. He will take you out and lead you to a prayer of salvation. He will show you how to accept Jesus. On, on, on our uh, on virtual TV, it said, Lord, come into my life. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I believe that you died and you rose for me. Lord, come into my life. I give my life to you. And if you mean it from your heart, he said, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ, his death for your sins and his resurrection, you are saved. Hallelujah. Number on the screen. You can call. Somebody will call you back.